We are looking today at the second parasha within the Bible, within the scriptures. It's called Parasha Noah, and Noah means to comfort, because the world needed a comforter. <laughs> if you read through last week's parasha, which unfortunately we missed, um, I kind of want to lean on that for a second, so you'll forgive me. Uh, just a few pages back. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In English, we say, I'm a creative person. Now, who of you is creative? Uh, only three, four, five, six. Okay, great. But in Biblical Hebrew, you would not say that. Because in Biblical Hebrew, creative is only used for God. He only bara. And we form and shape and mold and we plot things together as I do. But only God creates. He makes them out of nothing. We have to have something. Exactly. And so there is a real difference. And what is... He do when he creates. He creates good things, isn't it? And he said it was always good. And that's kind of striking because when I read verse 2, what do I read? Tohu babohu. And that doesn't make any sense to me. And the earth was formless and void. Formless. Deserted. Destructed. What happened? You see, if God creates and everything He creates is good, and we all say, <coughs> okay, some of you say Amen. I hope that all of you said it in your heart. But, but there is there is something that happened here that is not good, because these are words that are used for destruction. The world should have been like the Garden of Eden immediately, shouldn't it? In Ezekiel 28, verse 13, it describes that garden. And you were in the garden of Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was upon your covering. Sardius, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, emerald, and carbuncle. Now, different translations will use different stones. But you can see that these are the stones that covered the high priest. And he's talking here about an angel. And you were crafted, in, and they were crafted in gold and with their settings. On the day that they were created, uh, sorry, on the day that you were created, they were prepared. But that's the Garden of Eden. And when you read that context there, it has something very different. You see, God created this earth and it was good and then he created the angelic realm and they fell and that's why we see this tohu vavohu this waste and destruction this terrible place it's in uh, chapter 1 verse 2 ezekiel 28 verse 13 
and in Isaiah 34 verses 10 and 11. And in all three cases, it is sent as a judgment or as things that have been destroyed, as confusion and emptiness. And so what happened? Well, there was this angel who was great, really bright and really good, and he fell. And he fell to earth and he destroyed this place. And then God came and he said, huh, let me... Let me hover over this place and see what I can do with this. And that's what the Holy Spirit then does. And he moves over the surface of the deep. Verse 27 of chapter 1. I know we should spend a lot more time on this, but I don't quite want to do that. But I want you to hear this. God created man in his own image in the image of god he created them male and female he created them what's the key word that he repeats create and yet in many of our fellowships and friends even of those who say i believe this book but they say just not that bit and i don't know about you i'm not a scientist but if you want to have a scientific explanation uh, creation ministry has a great commentary on that, uh, written by a Jewish believer, Jonathan Safarti. Um, it, it's on Genesis 1 to 11. I can't explain to you the signs behind it. I can only tell you what God said. And since I have found him to be the truthful one, I'm going to stick to him. And I'm going to say, he said, I believe. And there is no mystery then. But it helps me understand why these things are happening. And in chapter 2, God says, hey, man, you shouldn't be alone. Now, man was called Adam because he came from Adama, from the earth. And so, really, he isn't called Adam. He's called earthling. But that sounds a bit funny, doesn't it? Because at that stage, you get a whole lot of... Yeah. Edom, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it, yeah, some even say it's the red soil, but I don't know. I'm, I wasn't quite there, although I'm in him. That's right. So at this point, he says, men shouldn't be alone. You should be with Isha. Ish, man, he should be with Isha. There should be a woman. So he creates the woman. And then in chapter 3, who do we meet? The serpent, in Hebrew, the Nachash. Let me tell you an interesting thing here. The Samaritan Pentateuch, the Samaritan Torah, doesn't use the, the term Nachash here. It says Kachash, uh, liar. It's, it's their word for liar. And that's kind of interesting because what did Yeshua say about the serpent in John 8, verse 44? He's a liar, and he's a murderer. And what did he do by inciting us to eat? He caused our death, because we followed a liar. I had such a... I, 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 I looked at that, and I thought, yeah, that's great. And I, I went to Bible college, and I was told, 
that's all mythology. And so I came home that night and I went, do I really believe this? And so I came to my study and I checked that the door was closed and underneath it there was a nachash. And I went, no, there are real serpents and there is a real Satan out there. And he is there to accuse and to stand against me. In the book of Revelation, chapter 12 and chapter 20, uh, the great dragon is the old serpent. He's called the devil or Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. Uh, Revelation 12, 9 and Revelation 20, verse 2. And he's clearly identified that he was there and that he is the deceiver. And so the question is, who do we follow? Do we follow our own what we think are cleverly invented things, but that are not from God. Now, Eve was deceived, but Adam wasn't. Adam willfully partook. And so while we often blame the woman who blamed her husband, who blamed the snake, who didn't have a leg to stand on, <laughs> terrible. But he probably did have a leg to stand on. Remember how he was cursed? that from this moment on you will crawl on your belly so before that he didn't now whether he had wings or legs I don't know but I do know that he wasn't crawling on his belly before and so in that sense he was cursed in this sense and sadly Adam partook and with that he plunged all of humanity into darkness and that darkness comes out in chapter 4 isn't it because what do we have in chapter 4? The first murder. We have two brothers. They, they both go, hey, uh, let's bring something to God. And one of them had heard from God and said, what is it that you want me to bring? And the other one said, yeah, uh, this is what I got, it'll do. How do we treat God? Uh, there's a whole sermon in that, and that's not for today, but one day and then in chapter 5 what do we have we have the genealogy and genealogies in scripture are very significant these genealogies are always father to son there's one exception in the book of Ezra and Nehemiah but generally they are father to son indicating genealogy indicating descent indicating tribal ethnic relationship and then we come to chapter 6. Now it came about when men began to multiply on the face of the land, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw them, that the daughters of man were beautiful, and they took them to wives for themselves, whomever they chose. Who are the sons of Are you trying to make this difficult for me? <laughs> so if we look at the Greek translation, it says angels. So they make it plain. If we look at all of the ancient commentaries, they all say angels. Why do they do that? The Bnei Elohim is the Hebrew. The book of Job, chapter 1. Uh, it's three times in the book of Job. And in Job chapter 1, 
we have the enemy again there, but we also have the sons of God. Now let me see. I... Okay, verse 6. Now on the day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. Now who, who would that be? That... Angels. angels, yeah. Job chapter 2, verse 1. And again, there was a day when the sons of God came before them, uh, came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan was amongst them. Okay, we could go to chapter twenty-eight, verse seven. Uh, it is always angels. Now, there are people who don't like this interpretation. They say uh, it can't be angels. It, it's got to be. Um, it's it's the godly line of Seth and the wicked line of somebody. But why would only the wicked man and the godly woman, or the godly woman and the... Like, why would there be only one way? And the reason why this is always the one way is because the sons of God, angels, are always mentioned in the masculine. They're never in the feminine. There's no female angel anywhere in Scripture. Are there female angels? Not according to scripture. They show themselves always like, like a young man. As, always as a young man. A young so man. they look they like me. Wings, <laughs> 20 years ago. Okay, they look like George. <laughs> you see, they look like young men when they appear. And so they can make themselves appear. Well, some people say, oh, hang on, that's too complicated. I, I can't handle that. Come back a few chapters with me. Back to Genesis 3. In Genesis 3, we have the fall. And because of the fall, in verse 14, the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you more above all the cattle and more than every beast of the field. And on your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. And I'll put enmity between you and the woman. So that is between the serpent between Satan and the woman, between your seed and her seed. Now, who's her seed? In, in Galatians, Yeshua, Galatians chapter 3, Yeshua is mentioned and identified as that seed. So who is his seed, the serpent seed? Antichrist. Yeah. You see, but this would indicate that that angel, the fallen angel here that is mentioned, the serpent, will also have a seat. And he's yet to come. So those that came from them, what are they? Well, they're not people and they're not angels. They are Nephilim. Nephilim comes from the word fallen. And so these are the fallen ones. Because they are neither this nor that, and they can never be restored to holiness. So these are the Nephilim. Chapter 6, verse 3. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever. In Greek, Nephilim means cloud dwellers. That's possible. Nepheli is cloud. Yeah. So those who dwelled in the clouds. I, I don't think they're alien. That would be a, a step too far for me. But there are lots of books that, that would go there. I, I don't go there. 
But these are ones that come from the sons of God who were part of the fallen angelic realm who had taken women and their offspring are the Nephilim. Now from the book of Daniel and other passages we know that the Antichrist will come and he will be on his mother's side, Daniel 9.27, of Roman origin. On his father's, Genesis 3.15, from the serpent. These are unlikely to be able to reproduce. So therefore they will have no desire for women. That's a wake-up call. <laughs> but but they, they might like... <laughs> Something else. Sorry. That's all right. If you want to pursue that further, you could look at Second Peter chapter two, verse four, or in the book of Jude, and I forget the chapter, but it's verses six and seven. Jude hasn't got. He was testing us. I was. George had a question. Sorry. When you say the fallen ones, it begs the question, does that mean they can be restored? I think there's a, uh, a debate whether angels, fallen angels, or the Nephilim, can actually restore themselves before the Almighty. What is your view about fallen angels? He did not come to save the angels, but he Jesus. came to save yes. mankind. And so I would say no, because they actually dwelt in the presence of God himself. As spiritual beings. As spiritual beings. Yes. And because of that, they cannot be restored. Their fall is greater than ours. Nevertheless, uh, he didn't come for them. He came to save mankind. So I would say no. From, from biblical tradition, isn't it um, Goliath Goliath, isn't he the Anakim? Aren't they product of these unions? We look like grasshoppers, and oh. so they look like the man of renown, the Anakim. The, and so the reference there is by those spies that went in that already had lied and said, oh, we can't take this land. Yeah. So do you take their word for it? I wouldn't. I would say these were destroyed in the flood. And we may see giants today, but are they Nephilim? No. But some of them are pretty big. So in in the book of Jude, in the first chapter, the only chapter in verses 6 and 7, or 2 Peter 2 verse 4, you get a little bit more of a background in that. Now why did they come? Why did the sons of God do this? They lost them. They were so beautiful. But, but they do something on purpose. You see, the promise in Genesis 3.15 is that a redeemer would come yes. to corrupt the seed. And so how do you do that? Well, at this point, they don't know which seed and which line it will be, so let's corrupt all mankind. And that's what they're doing. And so by corrupting all mankind, they're able, or they're hoping to be able to do that. But then we come to Noah. Noah was the only one left. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved his heart. 
And the Lord said, I will blot out men whom I have created from the face of the land, from man to animals to creeping things to the birds of the sky, for I am sorry I have made them. But Noah found favor or grace in the eyes of the Lord. Why did he find favor or grace with the Lord? Because he was righteous. Yeah, both. So, so when I read this text, what does it say? He was righteous. He was a tzaddik. And so he was a true righteous man. He was blameless. And he walked with God. So who else walked with God? Chapter 5. Verse 22, Enoch walked with God. And these now become examples to us. One is an example of being caught up. The other one is an example of being saved through. And so these two are now examples. Enoch. It's really interesting when I read the, the, the Midrash Rabbah on this, Bereshit Rabbah, uh, it says that he was righteous in his generation, and it repeats that a couple of times. Uh, and that, some rabbis stated, was if he had lived in a different generation, he would have just been a normal, ordinary person. He wouldn't have been special. Yeah, you and I would say nonsense. And I, I, I cringed like you. And I said, why do we do that? You see, he is considered a preacher of righteousness, Second Peter 2, verse 5. He was considered an outstanding man of faithfulness, of righteousness. Turn with me quickly to the book of Ezekiel. In the book of Ezekiel, it mentions something really interesting. We're in chapter 14. Chapter 14, verse 14. Even though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job were in the midst of them. Huh. This is a passage where God speaks to the idolatrous nation. The elders have gone horribly astray. They're doing all the abominations that God said not to do. And here he mentions three. Noah, and we're looking at Noah, Daniel, and Job. Think about those three for a second. How many people were saved with Noah? Eight. Seven, three, eight. Which one is it? With him, only seven. Yeah. So there was himself that is number eight, right? Uh, what about the next one? Daniel. Daniel chapter three. Yeah. And were they saved? So there was Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Or. I'm, I'm so glad you don't do that old joke, my shack, your shack, and abandon. Anyway. <laughs> you see, I, I think we need to understand that he saved three, and then there was one more, Job. 
And how many were saved with Job? One. Yeah, his whole family died out. You see, there is a progression here. And God is saying those three men are the most righteous. And if they had lived at that time, nobody else would have been saved. You see, that whole Abraham encounter with God, hey, if there were 50, 40, 30, 20, 10 righteous, God is saying this generation that we have here in Genesis 6 was bad. In Genesis 6, verse 11, Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. What's the Hebrew? Hamas. Hamas, yeah. Sky <laughs> of an irony, but we won't stop there and we'll move right along. Well, it's really important to understand. Yeah. That but it's not based on the same yeah. word. One of them is an acronym, but... That's what they do. And it's that kind of violence that they do is what is there in Genesis. It is that kind of violence that God is saying is happening. And it is wrong. Well, I'm going to take a short break at this point and ask Harry to read a passage from Isaiah 54. Because in Isaiah 54, we have this phrase that we'll come across. So we're going to be reading in Isaiah 54 from verse 9. Are we there? Just as I swore in the time of Noah that I would never again let a flood cover the earth and destroy its life, so now I swear that I will never again pour out my anger on you. And then this beautiful peace. For the mountains may part and the hills disappear, but even then I will remain loyal to you. My covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord who has mercy on you. Want me to read to the end there? Okay. O storm-battered city, troubled and desolate, I will rebuild you on a foundation of sapphire and make the walls of your houses from precious jewels. I will make your towers of sparkling rubies and your gates and walls of shining gems. I will teach all your citizens and their prosperity will be great. You will live under a government that is just, just and fair. Your enemies will stay far away. You will live in peace. Terror will not come near. If any nation comes to fight you, it will not be because I sent them to punish you. Your enemies will always be defeated. I'll repeat that. Your enemies will always be defeated because I'm on your side. I have created the blacksmith who fans the coals beneath the forge and makes the weapons of destruction. And I have created the armies that destroy. But in the coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. Isn't it lovely? Yeah. And everyone who tells lies in court will be brought to justice. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, 
have spoken. That initial phrase, uh, your version is slightly different than mine, as in the days of Noah. Um, I'm always in trouble with this, but it's not the not inspired version. Uh, It's the almost This is the life application Bible, and it's for a non-speaking English person, me. I think it's better in the standard version. Well, we, we can argue anyway, for let, let, let me Let me move along. That phrase, as in the days of Noah, is also found in Matthew 24, verse 37. Matthew 24, 37. Luke 17, 26. Indicating that there is a time yet to come, as in the days of Noah. And so what happened in the days of Noah? God told the man to build an ark. Well, we th- but what is an ark? It's a box. That's really what he's asking him to build. It doesn't have to sail, it just needs to float. And so he builds this, and it is as big as the Titanic. Well, give or take. 150 meters long. 25 meters wide, 15 meters high. That's that's pretty decent size. For many years there were critics saying, if you build a boat that big, it'll just fall apart. Hmm. So how does he build it? With wood and pitch. And so he laminates the planks together. And guess what? They've proven it that it is possible to do it. Uh, the Ark Encounter has been able to do that. So it is possible to do this. The only question I have was about ventilation. Because he was told to make a little window, and I thought, well, with that many animals, you might want to build a big window. But, hey, I, I don't know. I wasn't there. And, he, and he's told to take on the animals. And how many of each animal? No. No. One pair of each, except for... The, co- the ones yes. you're allowed to eat, the kosher ones. The kosher ones, mm. then not to sacrifice. Seven. Th- that's reading forwards, isn't it? <laughs> yes. And I know we can't always do that. You see, when we read forwards, we immediately think of the kosher animals that he takes on seven pairs of those. Uh, they're for food. But up to now, Noah ate vegetables, the, bacon, the yeah. grasses. And so he didn't know about kosher food. What did he know about? Sacrifice. Because what does he do when he gets out? Sacrifice. And those, he says, well, I'll use the clean animals for them. Now, he took only two rabbits on board, but how many did he take out of the ship? (laughs) That's what I want to know. I don't know why they don't tell me these things. I dropped a lot in some eyes. (laughs) (laughs) And then there was the 150 days. I mean, there's a lot of rabbits. Anyway. Rabbits. <laughs> he had a little lead box. <laughs> no, there was no can of more team. Anyway, the other interesting thing is then once he gets through this whole experience of being on the water, God speaks to him again. 
And God gives him a sign for a new covenant. What's the sign of the covenant? The rainbow. Implying that there had not been a rainbow before. So there would have been no rain before. Uh, It's interesting when I look at the rainbow in Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 28. We see that same description for the Shekinah glory. Ezekiel 1.28 or Revelation 4.3 where it is also part of the Shekinah glory. I like that. God is saying, I'm going to remember this because this is an everlasting covenant. I'm going to remember this in the future. That's a great connection. What was the Revelation verse? Sorry. In the book of Revelation, it's chapter 4, verse 3, and 10, 1. Now, the rabbinic view is obviously very different we don't look at the book of revelation but we say god then gave some laws to noah called the noahide laws and what are they do justice establish courts uh, don't blaspheme uh, no idolatry in idols or planets uh, no sexual immorality no homicide no theft and you are not allowed to eat certain, sorry, you're not allowed to eat the flesh of a living animal. Now some of these are here, but some of them are not. They they are drawn from other passages. But they're good laws to keep in mind how to live. Establish courts. Don't blaspheme. Don't worship idols or, you know, they're good things to do. But what is the main commandment that we see? Don't eat blood. And that's a commandment that goes all the way back there and all the way forwards to us. Why not? Because the life is in the blood. Yeah, Leviticus 17.11. It's such a key verse. That should be put out. That's how we know we're honoring God. That's exactly right. And so what does Noah do? He sacrifices, and straight after that he, chapter 9. He planted a vineyard. And let's be honest, what better things could you do? (laughs) In the new world. Yeah. Uh, yes, okay. Okay. So wine is there to gladden the heart of man. Psalm 104. So wine is okay, but getting drunk is not okay. Ephesians 5, 15 to 21. Talk about that, isn't it? Don't be drunk with any old wine, but be filled. Be filled. And it's that same connection. We're either filled with wine or we're filled with the Spirit. Do we walk in the Spirit? And if we walk in the Spirit, we are like Enoch. We're like Noah. And that's kind of what we want to be and where we want to be. So let me bring this to a close. What is it that we should do? We should walk with God. Like Noah. He's an example of faith in Hebrews 11. Uh, you know, he walked by faith. He built an ark, even though he didn't know about the rain yet. 
it's okay to remember for us that it's okay to make a mistake. When we make a mistake, what, do we sh what should we do? Repent. Repent and forgive one another and be gracious. Because like Noah, we are saved by grace. Yes. So we too need to find that grace. Even good guys make mistakes. Yeah, he did that. And finally, Noah's life is a reminder that God will judge sin. He did it then, and the day of the Lord is coming, like the days of Noah. And so we need to make sure that we together are aware of that and pray against our society going down. That we are like Noah and saying, enough. We need to be preachers of righteousness, heralds of righteousness. We are ambassadors of Messiah. God is making his appeal now through us. So we implore you on behalf of Messiah, be reconciled to God. 2 Corinthians 5.20 But that's all I have to say about Noah.